0: Today, we're going to be talking to a good friend of mine, and uh, I met Drew in Vacaville, California, um, several, let's see, I think uh, the the year before last, I was out at Dave Krohn's church, I was out with Dan McCollum, and all of those crazy guys out there, I've been going out there for years and years for leadership training, and Dave is good enough to invite me to the Connect, and one of the things that you want to do is actually connect drew spoke and when he spoke i couldn't believe it i was like oh i see i can also tell that he and dano had spent a lot of time together i mean they are two pieces of pot dano is, is literally one of the smartest human beings i've ever been around on the face of the planet earth and i first fell in love with dan mccollum uh simply because he was a musician i'm a you know i'm a musician he played at a band called king's x when he was a kid and I was a big fan of King's X. And uh, and then, of course, he went on to be a drop dead, sold out Jesus freak, left Kentucky, went to California, and uh, did all that kind of cool stuff, which he was already a Jesus freak when he was doing all that. But, but then Dan got into physics, and Dan got into crazy cool stuff, and I was into all that as well. But then I started noticing that the community of world changers that Dano runs around with, uh, they are very intentional about how they spread the kingdom, very intentional about their focus of ministries. And my next guest is a guy that's exactly like that. Drew Neal is a businessman. He's an entrepreneur. He's a pastor. He's a kingdom guy. He's a daddy. He's a husband. And he's somebody that... The hand of the Lord is upon in a powerful way. And you're about to find out he loves entrepreneurs. He loves businesses. He loves speaking into that. And guys, the spirit of the Lord is being poured out in that field right now. And to help help me unpack some of this is my good friend, all the way from Motor City, Detroit, Michigan, my good friend, Brother Drew Neal. Hello, Drew. How are you, buddy?
1: Come on, Troy. Doing so good, man. Thanks so much for having me today.
0: Man, what a big deal that you stopped what you're doing to join us. I know that you have a long list of these to do. Like everybody I interview is like, okay, I got it. And I'm like, dude, us too. We are, this is a busy time for, for being locked down, isn't it?
1: It is honestly, man, I've never been busier and the schedule has been more demanding. I've, I've enjoyed hearing all these other people that are getting all this quality family time. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm like, I need to see my family.
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs>
0: God bless them. I call them blessed. I mean, listen. We're going to yeah. talk a little bit about business today, and tell you that uh, last year, prophetically, the Spirit of the Lord begins to speak to me. begin to speak to me about business, and He told me, Troy, you're behind the curve on this, and I needed to jump right ahead. And sometimes God will do that for me, and I'm so grateful. I actually invite the Lord, Lord, Lord. What am I missing? That I don't need to be missing. What is it, God, that I'm behind that I don't need to be behind on? Lord, what are the things that uh, I'm spinning my wheels on that do not matter? And I'm constantly coming before the Lord with those things because I know it pleases Him. And once I got that revelation that, man, it's not gonna make him mad for me to do that. He's gonna love that. And He'll actually speak into that. I found that God actually does speak into it. And I got a huge sense of urgency concerning businesses. Now I, I do want to preface this and say that I'm 53, I'm about to be 54 years old. And up until I was 50, I actually lived in abject poverty my whole life. And I thought it was because I, I, I was deceived in thinking that, number one, I, I was actually religious about it. I, was, I had a religious spirit. And I, uh, you, you couldn't have convinced me I was religious about it, but I thought it was righteousness because I am among the poorest of the poor. And, you know, we, we have leprosy villages and, and food banks and all that, and you know that we do that kind of work. But I thought that I had to be among, I, in order to be among them, I thought I had to be like that. And of course the Lord corrected all that actually about six or seven years, year, years ago, and he started truly bringing me out of a poverty mindset. And then Um, within the past couple of years, he started making me a much greater entrepreneur and starting businesses and carrying things out and having different income streams rather than the church. And now because of my businesses and because of what I were doing, I actually have a two-year plan within the next couple of years. I won't even have a salary from the church anymore. And I'm super excited about that. I'm saying all that drew to say this, that the Lord told me, Troy, you're behind the ball on this thing. You think that the role of the businessman is to support the church, and I need you to reverse that because the new wine skin is that the role of the church is to support the businessman because it's very much the missional front uh, in cultures today. Uh, do you find that to be true? Well, you know,
1: Troy, you're a forerunner, and and I think the experience you're having is the exact experience that really church leadership is being brought into today uh, in a way like uh, we've never seen before. And so I, I think, uh, I really like to call, uh, this, you know, the hybrid, you know, I, there's, there's something significant about, uh, God allowing the priestly understanding and the kingly understanding to come together and to make something completely brand new. And so there's, uh, there's, there's something beautiful about, what God is doing. That's allowing these, this new breed of leader to come together, where we realize that we can import heaven, but we can also export heaven into every corner of the world, every sphere of influence. And so there's a real need for us to understand that, you know, uh, for example, Troy, I love your, your mindset. You know, in the past, the the church was so focused on trying to get their needs met financially, um, that Mm -hmm. we turned into beggars and, that yes. poverty mentality positioned us in a way where we were, you know, uh, <laughs> we we weren't doing the will of the kingdom. We were doing the will of fear because we were yeah. trying to protect our own financial interests with the small little pennies we were getting in our salaries. You know, Troy, uh, you know, last year I was the, the second most generous giver in my church, you know, and my goal this year is to become number one. And, uh, you know, and so... Uh, I've, I've become right. I have four streams of income now. And so I'm not dependent on the income of the church. Uh, and because of that, I'm also not held by the restrictions of a financial limitation to try to make people feel happy and to meet needs that are unbiblical or self satisfying or in my self interest, but to really have the freedom to say the things that need to be said to lead the way that needs to be led to take people where they normally wouldn't take themselves And I tell you what, the entrepreneurship spirit, you know, I I really believe everyone's about to become an entrepreneur. If you don't don't realize what's about to happen, uh, just with automation and technology that's coming, artificial intelligence isn't going to replace a segment of business. It's going to get integrated into every business, which means it's going to allow all of us to do more and to be a part of more. And I think we really got to understand our kingly responsibilities to be involved in the marketplace so that we can bring reformational outcomes into the world. Because let's just face it, Troy, the people who have the money right now in the culture, this is not heaven's way, but culture's <laughs> way is the person who has the most money is going to have the most influence and can get the most things done. People are upset at George Soros. They're upset at Bill Gates. They're upset. They make all these villains. you know. But ultimately, these are people who have been motivated to earn capital, and now their, their agenda is getting advanced. And I think we need a whole generation of people who understand the priestly mandate of hosting the presence and the kingly mandate of exporting the presence into the world. This is the new hybrid. It's king and priest. We're called to be broke. It's the Melchizedek order. I call these people solutionaries. <laughs> Come on. And we need solutionaries who, who aren't just focused on their vision or their mission, but they really understand how their solution integrates into the earth. And so I'm excited about what you're doing, Troy, because I think you're a forerunner. Uh, I'm a forerunner of what is about to happen with church leadership all over the world. I'm writing my book right now. We've got a few suitors who are going to pull up on this hybrid. And uh, I believe this is the next great wave for church leadership. And I'm excited about what you're doing.
0: Okay. So, uh, well, well, thank you. And I want to just say this to you, Drew, you've been a powerful influence on me concerning this. I mean, a powerful influence. As soon as I heard you speak out in California, I was with my executive pastor. I don't know if you remember us meeting out there or not, but I was like, dude, that guy has the language for, for what I'm looking for. And I just started, I started plugging into who you are and to what you do and like, okay, this is it. So, so I, what I did was I gathered all the business leaders in our church and I started having special meetings and I want to tell you, I messed a lot of those up. It, It was, it was very pioneering for me. Uh, I I went after, I was like, I wanna pour into your life and I wanna do this, I wanna do that. And I didn't really know what to do. I just knew that I needed to support these guys in somehow some way. What I didn't realize is is that the best way that I can support those guys and my team can support those guys is if we are amazing entrepreneurs ourselves. We have networks of people. We know how to do business. We know how to do all that so that when we get together, we talk this and we say, I know what you're talking about. And by the way, I know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. And I want to connect you with this. I want to connect you with that. And I want to see simple solutions to complicated issues when it comes to your business rising up because there's an anointing for business business is a ministry there's an anointing for that and i think that i think that the church has been really bad at blessing that and being an active part of it and i want to change all that that's what i want to do
1: yeah you know the call to business is not a second rate calling and right. it's interesting because we have we have hierarchied realms of influence, such as business, government, entertainment, you know, media, the seven mountain conversation. We've hierarchied which ones we think are the most important. And because of that, um, the church has alienated itself from really growing in its leadership capacity to really understand what's actually happening in the world. And so because we don't understand what's happening in the world, we're not getting developed. And so we only end up developing these priestly skills Which really, we only need one twelfth of the people to know how to do this stuff. (laughs) That's right. I mean, there were twelve tribes in Israel, and only one twelfth of them needed to do it. Eleven twelfths of the people were mobilized into the culture. They were mobilized into the world, and and so you know we you know business people have been relegated to writing checks and being the usher because church leaders have been intimidated by what they didn't know and wanted to protect themselves because in religion the most gifted person. Or the person with the most knowledge has to be the leader. You know, religion's a weird thing, you know? And the kingdom of God, you're qualified by your calling. And the kingdom of religion, you're qualified by your gifting. And so, pastors, leaders have been very intimidated by business leaders because they're making multi million dollar decisions every day. And, you know, the pastor's worried about whether he's going to get his 50 grand this year. And so, there's a real shift that's happening where, you know, kings. And priests are coming together. And it's so fun, actually, because it's happening on both sides, Troy. We're seeing the priests in the church are becoming more kingly and we're seeing the kings in in the world become more priestly. And, you know, I've been serving businesses uh, specifically in social and emotional learning, uh, HR services, helping them to grow their emotional intelligence and their social responsibility. Uh, what is this movement? This is the movement of the priest getting integrated in the marketplace. You know, churches are realizing they need a business plan. Churches are realizing that they got to get organized. They got to have good communication. They got to have good leadership structures. They can't be intimidated by other powerful people and, and job descriptions and hiring and firing and all of these things. And, and yet also how we're redeeming those principles because we're saying, how do we do it the kingdom way and not just do it the, the you know, the cutthroat way? How do we do it when, it when family and community really is the commitment? And so it's so exciting because the church is uh-huh. getting leadership principles redeemed, and the world is getting their their, uh, their business principles redeemed as well. And it's just a really exciting time.
0: Well, hello, my friends, this is Pastor Troy Brewer, and I know that you and I are living in a really messed up world right now, but I got great news. Jesus is coming back soon. I promise you he is. Now, in the meantime, it's upon you and I to make sure that we are full of supernatural sanity, that we have a right mind, and that we are not unstable as water so that we don't excel. Now, you know all of those scriptures, but do you know that I have a book? I have a book that's called Soul Invasion, and we recently revamped it, we repackaged it, we put it out there. It's all about supernatural thinking and how to think like someone who has complete victory within their thinking. It's all about emotional intelligence, it's all about those kinds of things, and I recently have added four new chapters on the subject of supernatural sanity, and I wish the whole world would read it. I'm telling you, it would help it would help everybody. Just call 877-413-0888 and get your copy today. Okay, so so let's cut to this part here because I know that I know that you don't have much time. If there's someone out there let's let's talk about t- two different, two different things of there's a, there's a, there's a huge group of people in the body of Christ that while they've had this time of lockdown, the Lord is, the Lord has been telling people and convicting people, I put this on your heart. I gave you this dream. I told you to do it and you didn't do it. And now you need to make that happen. And one of that is businesses. And so even like I told you at the beginning at, you know, just, just since January, I've started five for-profit businesses. They have nothing to do with the church. They have nothing to do, you know, one's a crown molding business. I could go on and on. But I've started, I've started five, for profit businesses. And, and there are different things that God has put up on my heart, um, to do. And, and I'm like, I don't know why I haven't done that before. I just, well, I, I don't know. It really doesn't tie into my mind. No, it does. All these things tie in together. So what would you say to people that they have a dream drew? They, they have an entrepreneurial idea, but they, they're, they they do not really have the courage to pull it off and go ahead and make the step. What can they do?
1: Yeah. So, you know, whenever you see someone take a step of faith, you know that they listened. And and so it's really for us to understand first that if um, we can't just be motivated out of hope, we've got to be motivated out of faith, which is the substance of hope, right? And so anytime you see someone who, who, you know, is moving in great faith, you know they listened because faith comes by hearing. And so we can't just have an inspiration. We actually got to move that inspiration into revelation that then is able to be uh, have interpretation. That then turns to communication, right? So we got to go all the way from inspiration to language. And one of the most difficult things that we ever have is is getting to the point where we can write things down. You know, uh, many Christians live in spiritual fantasy and they never shift into spiritual reality because they don't actually put language to the thing um, that God's put in their hearts. It's a feeling. It's a nuance. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like that. And they don't really continue to ask God questions so they can get to language. When there's language, all of a sudden faith shows up, all right? You know, we, we know the Bible says, write the vision down, make it plain, that those who read it may run towards it. We have in Christian businesses is a lack of understanding of all the resources, all the people, all the time, all the money that's needed. Why is that? Well, it's because it's not clear and resources don't know where to run, <laughs> People don't know where to run. Your human capital doesn't know where to run. Your your financial capital doesn't know how to run. Your time capital doesn't know how to be spent. You know, we start talking about these different things and they don't know where to go. It's like trying to say a plumber, hey, will you, will you install a bathroom in my brand new home, but you never give them blueprints. And so I, I think there's a real need for us to move from ideology into real communication by processing through revelation and interpretation and um and i'm not just saying that just because those words rhyme it actually is <laughs> there's something there for us to realize that four step process and it really after we begin to have faith for something we get real clear language and vision uh now we need to begin to go through inventory and that inventory really needs to be about where am i at you know uh how does it relate with the world where you know what happened in my past where am i at today what protocols do i have and how do i see the future This is really doing inventory in four lenses. This is the inventory of hindsight, the inventory of insight, the inventory of oversight, and the inventory of foresight. How we see our past, our history with God, how we see ourselves and our identity, How we see our protocols or our administrations and how it relates to the world, and then how we believe it's going to change the world in front of us. As we begin to do inventory and awareness in these four areas, it's going to build an understanding in in five different economies. And uh, If you come to Solutionary Growth, my free group on Facebook, you can hear all about the five major economies that we have to steward that are connected to viability, stability, scalability, reliability, and sustainability. So uh, there's a lot there, but it starts with documentation. And most people are unwilling to write things down and plan. And they feel like it gets in the way of the, of, of the purpose of God. And what I'm excited about is that we can be led by wonder and then backfill it with our principles and just make sure that our principles are actually serving wonder. It's only when you get them out of order, when you ask wonder to serve your principles, you know, uh, really? is when you begin to quench the Holy Spirit. Wow. And so as long as we're led by wonder and then allow our principles to reinforce and be flexible about how we apply, but make sure that we're putting all the juice behind it, powerful things can happen. Partnership is there. And it's a great place to start.
0: Drew, I, I, I want to tell you this whole thing about that. It's language that makes it happen. And actually, language is what gives faith. And it, it actually, language gives you a workable faith. It gives you the kind of work that's the kind of faith that's tangible that you can do. That I even said this when I was first introducing you that I had this on my heart to do. I didn't know how to move forward until I heard you speak, and I told everybody that's the language I'm looking for. Let's go. Do you do you remember me saying that at the beginning of this? And it's just so true. I do. I. I this is not a diversion. It's so true, but I've studied, I, I study human beings. I'm a huge history freak and I'm always looking for the kingdom within people's lives. And Helen Keller, you know who Helen Keller was, right? The lady who was blind and who was course, and who was yeah. also right deaf. She said, and of course she became a huge kingdom woman of God. She became her and Annie Sullivan, both were tremendous evangelical missionaries that led that led untold numbers of people to to King Jesus. But she, but whenever Helen Keller was given her testimony later in her life, she said this. They asked her, "When did you know that God loved you?" And she said, "In her animalistic mind, she never imagined that there was any such thing as love until she understood the word water. That was the first word she ever spoke. And that was the first word that she ever knew that there was a word for. Once she had the language of water, she knew there was a God. And she knew that somebody loved her. She never even was able to conceive any form of faith or any form of love without understanding that there was a such thing as language. The breakthrough of her heart and her mind and her soul and the animalistic nature to be challenged came with a single word: water, which, of course, is the word, right? Water. So, so when it comes to when it comes to language, I had um, I. I find that I I I always always carry a journal with me. I constantly am journaling things. I'm constantly writing things down. I have digital places that I go to. I'm constantly referring to those things, and then when I go to next level counsel, anytime that I'm sitting in counsel, I'm taking notes and taking notes and taking notes. And I've learned to do that. I learned at a huge beginning at a huge meeting at the beginning of the year, just in. Okay, like, for example, now that I have these for-profit businesses uh, outside of everything else that I'm doing, that's just for me personally, once I started that, I found out real quick, oh, I don't need to just increase my income because that just puts me in a higher tax bracket. I need to be smart about this. I need to talk to somebody about this. Then this guy said, Troy, what you need is you actually need a holding company, and then your different businesses need to go into this holding company. And then somebody else, and then what I found is, In getting with this next level counsel, I found the language to know what I needed to look for to see what the next thing was. And if I didn't have the language, I didn't know how to do that. So just spend just, can you just spend just a minute, Drew, on talking about how do you find out, how do you find out that you don't know something? There's there's some, there's some key things that you've got to know, but you don't know that you gotta know those things. How can you get into that and how can you discover those things?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, increasing our awareness, you know, is really essential because, you know, there's, uh, what we don't know is what we're not aware of, and the first thing that most people are not aware of is themselves. And so, healthy people lead healthy organizations, healthy people lead healthy movements, healthy people do healthy things. And um, more times than not, I've found that people don't ever really engage in real feedback, In their support system and with the people that they're connected to to really understand how they're being experienced in their strengths and in their weaknesses and so this really shows up in our leadership style it really shows up in our ability to execute it really shows up in our ability uh, to handle the responsibility of the things that we're about to commit our lives to and so you know i've spent uh, a ton of time just increasing my ability through uh through profile assessments executive training Uh, Going in, you know, I'm DISC certified. I love the DISC profile and I love uh, being aware of, you know, what it looks like to know my strengths and how I interact with other people, becoming aware of how other people and and personalities interact with my personality, Uh, you know, awareness. And we can go on and on and on organizationally beyond just, you know, who we are as individuals. We can increase all of this um, talking about our awareness on money, how to become self-aware on on planning and development? How do we become aware on leadership? How do we become aware on just the different facets that you need to really, uh, to be healthy? And Come and on. what ends up happening is when you open up for feedback and you bring other powerful people who have superpowers in these areas, um, and you say, Hey, how do you experience me? You know, I was so funny. I, I was, uh, I started getting to some, you know, high, um, finance and high funding meetings. And I'm, I'm brokering contracts and doing some things a few years ago and new opportunities started to open up to me. And a dear friend of mine was, you know, he was saying, Hey, Drew, why are you behaving that way in this meeting when we're together? And, and uh, I said, well, wh- what do you mean? He goes, well, he goes, you change who you are when you get around high net worth people. And I said, no, I don't. That's, this is not me. What are you talking about? And uh, long story short, it was in that support system that I was able to truly find feedback that allowed me to become aware of what I wasn't aware of, and so our 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 wives, <laughs> your husbands, if you're watching out oh, yeah. there, this is oh, feedback God. and awareness 101, and it's what made marriage so difficult um, on many of us when we first got married, you know, and so uh, because we became aware of something that we didn't, it didn't feel true, but it really was true and love was allowing us to understand it. And so there's something powerful about increasing our awareness just simply through our support system. If you don't have a support system, you gotta go build that support system. Because honestly, Troy, here here it is, man, and I know that you know this, is that we can only change the world according to the strength of our support system. The people, this is what I found, Troy, the the billionaires that I've sat with, the leaders of literally the largest global church movements in the world, having dinner, being with these people, doing leadership development with them, is that they are surrounded by world changers. They're surrounded by powerful people who've committed themselves to become the whole. And I tell you what, I love the prophetic and I love telling everyone they're a world changer and getting involved and and having those types of things, uh, releasing that type of encouragement. But I tell you what, you actually have to build a wineskin to hold the wine or else you'll just take a wine shower and you'll never export that wine into the world. We can't have leaky wineskins. We can't put new wine in an old wineskin, it's cracked. We have to go on to the next place, to a new place, develop a new wine skin, a new protocol. We need more uh, personal development, more in our support system. We can go on and on and on, but as according to the level of our support system first, it will determine our capacity to really succeed.
0: Drew, that is brilliant. And it's awesome. And it's why I love you, man. Hey, listen, I only have two minutes left. How do people plug into you, man? How do they do that?
1: Yeah. First and foremost, just drewneil.com. I I run a consultancy and uh, I'm really excited about that. Uh, Solutionary Ventures. And uh, we're helping really bring purpose and wealth together. And so I'm, I'm excited. I just, you know, we're about to lock in. Uh, a series A on an amazing uh, solution for uh, education. It's gonna hit the whole nation and high schools in South Africa. And uh, you know, so I've been consulting and bringing funding to that, doing organizational leadership. And you know, it's just like I I love that space. I do consulting, I do coaching as well for executives. And and, uh, so excited for people who are running dynamic organizations to bring this king and priest hybrid grace together. And uh, there's something really beautiful about that. So DrewNeil.com, they can catch that, and then also it'll take them to the church that I lead, which is Gen One, and we have a tremendous school of uh, of ministry and uh, tremendous training and living
0: there. One, what is? Wait, what is Gen One? That's (laughs) not like Asian. That's not like Asian. Where do you go to church at? I go to Gen One. No, it's like Generation One, right? It's like Generation One, and so it's a play on sustainable relationship, Malachi
1: four six. But it's also a yep. play on prototype because we really believe that we're a church of wisdom and innovation. And we're prototyping new ways to really communicate what the church looks like in the world. And so we've taken on amazing projects in Detroit and it's exciting seeing the transformation in the city. And so, uh, so the church is there. We have a transformation <laughs> center, school and ministry. We're doing great things. So Bye. DrewNeil.com will get you everywhere.
0: Drew, I love you, man. And I appreciate you taking time to visit me today. Thanks so much, buddy.
1: Troy, it's been my pleasure to be with you here, man. And, uh, and I honor you. And I uh, I tell you what, just, there's so much strength in our connection and excited to see what God's going to do as we uh, lock arms more and more.
0: Okay, brother. Well, God bless you so much. You have a great day, man. All right. You too.